Proverbs chapter 13. We are, we, we're in a series of messages. If you've been with us, you know exactly what we're doing. But this message is called How to Go Broke. All right, we're giving you explicit instructions. How to end up in the poor house. Okay, and if you want to go, just do all these things. But in reality, most of you don't want to go there. And so you want to put into practice the opposite principle of what we're showing to you in this series. God really wants you to do well. He really wants you to prosper. But many times people have uh, short-circuited God's plan and his, his finance plan for His children by acting in such a way that contradicts their, their, what they're praying about, what they're believing for. They put into, into motion certain principles in their life, and it eats away at their prosperity, eats away at their finances. They end up broke. Bible-believing, prosperity-believing, broke Christians. Okay, we really want to avoid that, okay? We really want to stay out of the land of, of brokenness. And so we've given you a number of points um, so far in this message that we won't rehearse again today. They're all available to you if you want to, uh, you know, get them on CD or get them online, and you can get caught up and make sure you stay out of the poorhouse. Number eight today is where we're at. This is the eighth point of how to go broke. In Proverbs 13... We want to read in verse 11. 1311 says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. What kind of, uh, what kind of gain, what kind of prosperity is uh, diminished? It is the kind that is gained dishonestly. It is dishonest gain. But gain or wealth that is gained by labor will increase. In other words, you can have two people, they have the same stuff, the same financial position, but one of them is going up and one of them is going down, and it all revolves around how they got what they have. Okay? Let me give you this from a few other translations. Listen close. The Amplified Bible says it this way. Wealth not earned but won in haste or unjustly or from the production of things for vain or detrimental use, such riches will dwindle away. But he who gathers little by little will increase his riches. The New Living Translation says it this way. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. And then the living Bible, which is a paraphrase, says wealth from gambling quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows. So we can see that the obvious goal of the writer of this wisdom knows that the end result is wealth. The desired end is wealth. Is that okay with everybody? The desired end is wealth. And he's telling us, if you get it this way, man, you're in trouble. It's gonna, you're going to lose it. But if you get it this other way, you get to keep it. And it's going to keep growing on you. Okay? It's a positive thing. And so I'm going to say it this way. Number eight, how to go broke, gamble with your money. Number eight, gamble with your money. Now, many people immediately, they're thinking of Las Vegas. They're thinking of the slot machines and the lights. And uh, 
I'm not really focused just on that. Okay, that might be a part of what people, how people lose their money. But I want to use it in a little bit broader sense when we talk about gambling. People uh, do this in many, many different ways. When we talk about how to get money, if you needed money, how could you get it? There's, there's different ways to get money. A number of different ways. If you need money today, I'm going to give you some suggestions. Now, I'm not gonna, they're not suggestions, but this is how you could get it. One, you could steal it. <laughs> you could find someone who has some. You could point a gun at them and say, give me your money. You could go to the convenience store on the corner, say, stick them up, give me your money. And, I mean, you may or may not be successful, but if you are, you would have some money, right? You got some money. And, uh, and people steal money in different ways. How many know uh, it, it's, it's not all about stick them up? Sometimes people steal money in more discreet manners and, and uh, at work and, you know, skimming from the till and, and just taking a little money here, a little money there, a little under the, under the table deals, a little, little messing with the taxes and, and uh, all kinds of different ways that people steal, right? And people steal money. What happens if someone is successful? You know, when I say successful, that's, you know, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Kind of. But they're successful in thievery, and they successfully took some money from someone else. They didn't get caught by anyone on this earth. Uh, and they had their money. What's going to happen to them? Well, dishonest gain. It's not really going to benefit them. It, it won't be but a matter of time until what they got leaves them. So I wouldn't really recommend stealing. Okay. And, you know, there's the other thing about the big house. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend that. I mean, there's some better places to live, right? And so stealing is one. What's another way that you could get money? Well, you could manipulate someone. You could find someone you know, maybe in here, who's got some money. And you could try to mess with them a little bit. Try to manipulate them. Maybe with a sad song, a sad story, and, uh, and try to get them to give you some of what they have. And, uh, well, sometimes that works. Not a good way, again, to go, but sometimes it works. Sometimes people, when you get into, into Christian circles, they'll use divine manipulation. Divine manipulation uh, has to do with uh, trying to present something as if it's the Lord's will. I remember a time uh, years ago when I was in Twin Falls, and, uh, and there was a particular family driving through town, and they called, and they were uh, apparently in dire straits, and they needed money, and uh, we had a policy, uh, at least for this type of situation, and, you know, we analyzed it and thought, well, we're not going to give them cash, that could be a, a bad situation, but uh, what we decided is we're going to help them with gasoline. We're going, to fill, we're going to fill their tank with gasoline. And, uh, and so I went ahead and uh, met this person at a, in a parking lot of a restaurant ready to, to take care of them that way. And we were wanting to be a blessing, help them get on their way and do what they needed to do, but uh, without knowing them. And we weren't just going to throw the money away because it's money people had given, you know. And so you've got to be wise with it. And uh, uh, when I proceeded to tell him what we were, will, we were willing to do for him, he told me, well, I don't need gas. And after that, he gave me a, a sermon for free. 
started asking me, quoting scripture, how dwelleth the love of God in you? And uh, he started giving me a message, and I thought, yikes. And I just said, well, see you later then. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sometimes people will try to put a guilt trip on someone else. You should really do this for me because I'm in need and we're brothers and, you know, and, and you, need to, you need to help. Well, you know, that's just wrong. That's just, that's just wrong to do that. See, doesn't the scripture say, but if you see your brother in need, that you should help them? It, yeah, it said if you see them in need. It didn't say if someone's coming along to, uh, pointing to you about their need and telling you everything's wrong, trying to rip you off. And I've had other situations where, so, where someone came to me once and said, you know, the Lord showed me, the Lord told me to have you pray about whether you're supposed to give me certain X number of dollars. That is manipulation. The Lord told you. In other words, the implication is God already told me that you're supposed to do it. Just want you to pray about it. I just, I just don't want to tell you that you're supposed to do that for me because you might see through that. So I'm going to have you pray about it. <laughs> if the Lord wants me to give something to you, he can talk to me. Yeah. If the Lord wants you to do something for me, he can talk to you. Yeah. Right? And so we need to avoid some of that manipulation. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so uh, there are different ways, again, to get money. Another way is you could borrow the money. You could, I mean, our country makes it pretty easy these days. You can borrow money for almost anything. And you could get it quick, only 60 easy payments. And how many know you could have your money this afternoon? I imagine there are some places that are open. You could give them your car title or something, and you could have the money. You could... Like we said, you could gamble for it. You could gamble. You know, how, how many people have, have dreamed of striking it rich, making it big? And they've, they've dreamed of publishers clearinghouse showing up at their doorstep, <laughs> having that big check. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, how many people have dreamed of being a lottery winner? And they imagine, what would I do with $100 million? And, <laughs> and uh, how many know that almost all, Almost all of those, but 99.999% of those people are still poor, right? There's a reason they call the lottery a tax on the poor. I got that response in the first service, too. <laughs> do they really call it that? <laughs> they do. <laughs> Rich people do. It's because they don't waste their money on that. Amen. But uh, anyway, you could... You could gamble. You could just throw your money at really risky stuff, and just it just might happen. Am I saying it couldn't happen? No, it just might. But again, according to Proverbs, that when we gain wealth that way, that's one in haste, it will dwindle away. And so I don't know that I even want that. If it's just going to be such a... Sh I mean, I... Okay, I'll take it. But, <laughs> but I understand from the Scripture, it's going to dwindle away if that's the way it comes it appears that the way stuff comes to you is the same way it leaves you amen we could also work for it we could give and believe god for it and if i understand the whole of scripture i see those last two points emphasized repeatedly that we should be working and giving and believing, trusting God. 
for things to come to us. Praise the Lord. And so that should be what we're about, busy about doing. Now, Proverbs chapter 20. Take a right turn. Let's look at a few more things. 20, verse 21. says, An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Now, I don't know if you've ever read any of the stats and, and figures about those who receive a large inheritance, especially at a young age in their life, and, and how it can be very detrimental to the people receiving it. And I believe strong, that's what we're talking about here, that the Bible teaches us and shows us how to get riches and wealth. Absolutely gives us instructions. But the way that it comes to a person oftentimes will determine which way they go. Okay, and uh, you know, the the stats about like teenagers who get an inheritance and all of a sudden they're deluged with huge sums of money are pretty sad because typically they don't have the ability to deal with that and it will mess them up. Can you, you know, can you say uh, Paris Hilton? (laughs) Can you say, what's that other girl's name? Lindsay Lohan and uh, and some of these some of these people who are just swimming in money. But their life is a wreck, just chaos, and so many times there's drugs involved and all kinds of things. But uh, the money is not the answer to, uh, to, to people in their, in their lives when they uh, don't have the inner maturity and ability to handle what's coming to them. And again here, an inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Okay. Now the 28th chapter, Proverbs 28 Verse 22, 28-22 says, A man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. What is he doing? He's going after riches and poverty is coming to him. His goal is to be rich and he's getting broke in the process. Does that happen? Happens all the time. What kind of person is that? He says he's a ev- person with an evil eye who hastens. This is the amplified version. It says, he who has an evil and covetous eye hastens to be rich and knows not uh, that wants will come upon him. Covetousness is the area that believers should avoid. Okay? Is it right and is it godly for us to be prosperous and blessed financially? Uh, absolutely. All throughout the scripture, that, that, that's the case. But what we should avoid is covetousness. I see what you have, and I say, I want it. <laughs> That's what I want. Ooh, you got that new car. I'm, I'm gonna, I want it. I want you. You got a new wife. I want her. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> it's all covetousness, right? Ooh, I want. Ooh, you got a new house. Ooh, I want it. Listen, uh, let me tell you up front. There's plenty of cars out there. All kinds of really nice ones, and they make new ones every day, right? There's no shortage in cars. You don't have to covet somebody else's. There's especially a lot of houses around there, around here, right? All kinds of houses, and they're making new ones every day. You don't have to covet somebody else's. There's lots of women out there. (laughs) If you're single. (laughs) If you're not, there aren't any women out there. You've got the only one. But there's no need for us to covet other people's things anyway. Praise the Lord. 
The New Living Translation says it this way. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. What we must avoid is greed. Greed is a thing that will take us in direct opposite direction of what our goal is, of what we really desire. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 28, 25 from the New Living Translation says, Greed causes fighting. Trusting the Lord leads to, po- leads to prosperity. Greed causes fighting. I-, I don't necessarily need a show of hands, but I wonder how many have ever been in a fight in your life. I'm not necessarily talking about a physical fight, but you've been in a fight in your life over money. How many marriages have had lots of conflict over money? How many family members have split up over inheritance struggles and fighting for this and this belongs to me and bless God I'm not going to let them run, run me over. I'm going to take what belongs to me. Huh? And people all day long are fighting because they got this thing on the inside of greed that's making them act in ways that are very ungodly. Very ungodly. But he went on to say, if you just trust in the Lord, that will lead to prosperity. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Just trust in the Lord, and it'll lead to prosperity. But if you, go, if you get greed in your life, you're heading down the path of poverty. I mean, no, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that talks about a, a believer taking another believer to court, sue him. Remember that? Some of you didn't read that yet. Go ahead. Listen, it's a good idea. Paul actually says in there, he said, let yourself be defrauded. Just let them have it better than going that route. And if you put that together with this, one person is going after their money. They're going after their riches. And they're going to use every natural tool that they have. In other words, they're going to twist arms, pull hair. They're going to sue here. They're going to fight here and argue and stand. And they're going to get what they have from somebody else. Whereas the other person trusts God. And is this true or not? I'm going with this. He said it'll lead to prosperity. You leave other people alone. You stop trying to get everybody else's stuff. God's way will prosper you. Yeah. Amen. Some of you don't like that about court, do you? You just, I was just wanting to sue somebody. <laughs> Understand when we talk about gambling your money, I'm including these thoughts. Greed, covetousness, unjust gain uh, get rich quick type of uh, scenarios and schemes and uh, I really believe that if the Lord adds something to us then that would be fine even if he adds it to us quickly that would be fine and that would be good but the normal process is is back what we, we read remember uh, in the Amplified of Proverbs thirteen eleven, he who gathers little by little will increase Now, I know that's not real appealing to the flesh, little by little, but it is a biblical principle, okay? It it is a plan that that is successful and that works little by little. In fact, Psalm 115, verse 14 says, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Notice, little by little, more and more. God's plan for prosperity for His church is not, wham, here's a gazillion dollars. Could He do it? Could there be exceptions where He does things really quick? Sure. 
Sure, there could be miracles of increase. But the basic standard plan for God is to take you up. Step by step, little by little, more blessed next year than this year. And the year after that, we just keep going up and up and up and up. And if we know that God deals with us that way, we will pursue it that way and stop dreaming of the, dreaming of the jackpot. Okay? And staying in la-la in land for most of our life while other people are continuing to build little by little and letting God bless them and expand them and increase their wealth. How many women who are, have had children are really glad for little by little? Hmm? It wasn't, you know, inception one day and boop. <laughs> Next day, you know, got a full nine-month-old baby there in your belly. That could be pretty painful, I would imagine. Right? But little by little. Things stretch and things move, and, and likewise, little by little, with, with us. You know, someone told me uh, after the first service about an inheritance that they were uh, in line for, and, and uh, this person who was uh, old up in their 90s, not the person who told me, but their parents, and uh, they told me that they were asking them about their kids. And uh, the person who was uh, overseeing this estate and, and had dealt with this a lot, they asked, do, does, do they all have, do all your kids have savings accounts? In other words, are they saving money right now? And he said, this person who told me said, well, yeah, they, they do. And he said, well, good. Because if they didn't, he said, I've seen too many of these. The people that don't already, they lose all their inheritance. In other words, they didn't already have that discipline in order. They didn't already have that maturity in their life where they were not just spending everything that came to them. Then the inheritance could come to them and it would be a blessing to them. But so when people didn't have that in order, they just blew it, man. And it, it would, like the scripture says, it vanishes away. It came, comes quickly and, and here it goes. It's on its way out. And uh, these are the things we must have in order. Now, Proverbs chapter 1. Hold on to your seat for this one. It's a good one. Proverbs chapter 1. Again, we're talking about uh, gambling or being overly risky without a plan, without being prepared. And we're talking about, uh, about, about greed. About people going after this stuff for the wrong reason. Look what it says in, in verse 19. So are the ways of everyone who, who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. This gets into some serious things here. It's not only does it take away your money, it's going after your life. Greed will clean your clock. Greed will really, really mess you up far beyond what you even imagine. People think, oh, it's not that big a deal. It is eating you up already. Our, our church is about, you see it on the front of your announcements, you see it on a television program, the newsletter, you constantly see this phrase, bringing life to life, all right? We've explained this in, in other situations, but that, that simply means that we want the life of God to be in your life, okay? The first life is the Greek word zoe, which means the quality of life as God has it. This is really pure, potent stuff. It's life. It's eternal life, but it's 
life like God has. If your life could be just like God's, then you have a full measure of life in your life. And one of our desires, uh, I mean, the overriding desire and vision is to put God's life in people. So that your life ultimately looks just like His. It's on that level, that plane. It is awesome. It is powerful. And uh, I tell you what, it's worth anything to get it. But how does that life, what are we talking about practically? Well, first and foremost, we want people to get saved. We want people to receive eternal life in their spirit, be born again, and have heaven as their home. That's the very beginning of that. We want people to be filled with the spirit. Beyond that, of course, this life affects people's bodies. We want to see people healed. If you're sick and diseased, we can get you well. I'm telling you up front. You got something the doctors say is terminal and they can't fix it. Jesus will fix it for you. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see it happen just, just right away. It'd be such an easy thing. Oh, yeah, cancers can go. Deformed heads can straighten out. Come on, lots of good stuff. Amen, Amen. that was a literal testimony, if you remember. (laughs) Uh, uh, But it's about healing the body. But here's another one. What is the life of God about? Well, what does his life look like? Go to his house. What does it look like? Take a stroll up his street. What's it made out of? Okay, the life, the quality of life that God has when it is in us produces also riches. Now, everybody hold on because I know not everybody likes this language. Most of you are okay with it. One of the reasons that life church exists is to make people rich. Now, I'd be nervous if I had a room full of pastors and I was saying that. Oh, you know, there'd be all kinds of debate. But I can't help but I keep running into scriptures that tell me how to stay out of poverty and tell me how to be wealthy. Right? Don't we keep seeing those over and over and over and over and over and over again? The Lord should not have given us instructions if He didn't want us to have it. He shouldn't have given us the how to book, how to get there. And so here's my point. You know, there's, there's more than that. Of course, we want to make people productive. I want to put you to work for the kingdom of God to produce something that lasts for eternity. It's not all about, not all about personal gain. But part of it is that. Now, here's my point. If we are endeavoring and you come to a, a, a service and life goes into you, I believe it's going in right now. Through the wisdom and the word of God, life is going in. Life is getting all in you. You're messing with your brain. You're thinking like a life God. You're thinking like a strong person, a healthy person, a wise person. Life is going in you. But according to this verse, if I live greedy, as soon as I walk out of here, it's sucking the life right back out. And at best, we have net zero. You came to church and it profited you nothing. Greed is something we have got to stay far away from. Is it possible to believe that God wants you prosperous and yet not be greedy? Absolutely. That is the perfect balance. It's the perfect I'm not living for stuff. I'm not living in, in a, uh, with a materialistic mindset. But yet I know God wants me to be rich, prosperous. Now I'm not putting a dollar amount on that. Just using the terms that the Bible uses. Okay, He wants me to be prosperous in life, yet He wants me to avoid greed and covetousness at all costs because that will suck the life right out of me. 
In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10, 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is the root, it says actually is a root, is a root of all kinds of evil. Now, first of all, how many know there's a difference between saying money is a root of all evil and the love of money is a root of all evil? Is money good or is money bad? Well, money is kind of neutral. Money is just something that we use. We don't live for it. We're not, it's not the goal of our lives. It's not the reason we, we live. I mean, it is the reason many people, most people, go to work. You just need to call that spade a spade. <laughs> you know, there, there's a reason for the bumper sticker, you know. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. <laughs> and... Uh, but it's, uh, money is not the driving force in our lives. not supposed to be. But he said here, the love of, moon, of money is a root of all kinds of evil. When you start living for it, when you start falling in love with it, when you start, uh, everything you think about is your next purchase, your next possession, your next car and home and clothes and meal and vacation and, and everything consumes your mind. It's all about achieving the next thing. I got to tell you, you're out of balance. You're really, you're really off base here. And what's happening? It's producing evil in your life. What does it say? It says, for some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. Why do some people leave God? Greed. The love of money gets into their life, and they, things become more important to them than spiritual things. And they're just all about the mighty dollar. And they stray from the faith as a result of it. And what does the last part say there? And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Many sorrows. Does the Lord want you to have sorrow in your life? I, I read that Jesus took my sorrows <laughs> and my pains. But if I'm just living and loving, loving things and loving money and that's what I live for, I'm about to be suffering. You remember the scripture in Proverbs that said, uh, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. You know, when God does something in your life, you're happy about it. Someone said, money doesn't make you happy. Well, it does if, if God's in it. If God adds it to you, it certainly does put a smile on your face. I bet I could give some money out today and put a big smile on anyone's face. <laughs> now, happiness, you know, is short term. Hap that's a different message. Happiness is based on happenings. What happens to you can make you happy. Joy is a more lasting a lasting thing that, that we all desire. But when the blessing of the Lord comes to someone, it makes them rich, and there's no sorrow associated with it. That's why I say there's a lot of ways to get stuff, a lot of ways you can get things in your life. Don't go for it. Choose. No, I'm going to have this God's way, an honest and just way, upright before God. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to do this right, or I'm not going to have it because I don't want a bunch of sorrow that's associated with it coming another way. It's just really not worth it. I, I've met some pretty sorry rich people. They're sad. I mean, their lives are not, not good. They're not anything I would trade just to have their, their gazillions of dollars. I'd rather have a smile on my face. Okay? But ultimately, if we do things the Lord's way, you don't really have to choose. You can, you can be blessed financially and smiling and have a good marriage and have kids that respect you and love you. Amen. And not live in fear of somebody ripping you off because you're guarding all your stuff. And be a huge giver in the kingdom of God. Be a blessing unto many. So, 
let me say this. Almost anything you do in life involves some degree of risk. When we talk about how to go broke, gamble with your money, I'm not talking about avoiding all forms of risk. Because in reality, you took a risk by coming to church today. Naturally speaking, right? Someone could have come plowing through that intersection and broadsided you. See ya. So we're all living risky in, in that regard. Should I'm, am I saying you should never do anything, quote, risky with your money? No, I think we should analyze. We should study. We should pray. We should look at things and advance and minimize risk. But, you know, if you're ever going to start a business or, or invest in a company or do something with your money, uh, yes, it could go down. It could go south on you. But So we're always going to be involved in risky ventures, but that's different than gambling. That's different than just throwing your money at, some, at something. So someone said, Pastor, I, you know, I, when I go through Las Vegas and, and I go through the airport and, and I, I, can I put my change in that, in that, in that one-armed bandit there? Uh, is, is that sinful? Is that wrong for me to do? I'll give you my personal opinion. I really don't think it's a big deal. I don't think you're, you're a bad Christian if you do something like that. I think if you sit down there and start blowing your money, and wait, I, I think that's a problem. I think, that is, I think it's unwise. I think it's a fool who throws a bunch of money at stuff like that just hoping they'll, get, they'll uh, you know, hit it rich and make it big and they spend all kinds of money on that. Listen, even if you did win, I've got it on good authority that it's not going to stay with you. That it's going to dwindle away. It's going to vanish from your life. And so I'd say, don't waste your time. You got some change in your pocket and you want a little, little entertainment? I'm not judging on you on that and calling you a heathen, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, if your heart convicts you on that, of course, stay away, you know. And I know, and I know good Christians who, who would almost gasp at even what I said now because I almost gave you permission to do it. <laughs> and, oh, no, you can't touch it. Well, hey, I'm, I respect your conscience and what you think you ought to do. And, uh, uh, but I know this for sure. It's, it can be a very addicting thing. And people can lose their shirt doing stuff like that. And, uh, and then one more, just one more time and I can get it all back. Yikes. So that's number eight. Here's number nine. How to go broke, number nine. Number nine, borrow, borrow, borrow. This is number nine. Now if you're taking notes, don't write borrow down once because I didn't say that. I said borrow, borrow, borrow. My emphasis here is on excessive borrowing and living in the credit system for everything that you have. Uh, let, me, let me preface what I'm going to say, and you can look at Proverbs 22 with me while, while I'm speaking. Well, let me preface what I say by saying I don't believe that borrowing in every situation is wrong. I don't think someone is, is unwise in all circumstances, to borrow money to get a loan from a bank or something like that, okay? Uh, for example, most of you in here who own a home have a mortgage. Do I think you missed it by doing that? Most of the time, I think you did the right thing. Usually, it's better for someone to pay a mortgage, even though they're paying interest on that, than to rent year after year after year, missing the upswing and in the value of their home and all these types of things that can happen with with ownership okay I, I i think it's a smart move many times for someone to borrow okay it just gets overboard in many people's lives 
and in the in in the church well not in the church in America period people have so many have lost the concept the uh, this very notion that before I buy something I should have the money to buy it a lot of people don't even think that way anymore they just think I want it I got plastic it's mine I'm taking it home today and they think on a on a credit level on a borrowing level that is very unsafe and a lot of people get into tremendous financial difficulty because of borrow 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 now let me go back to this again biblically is borrowing wrong well I can't say that it is for one for one Deuteronomy 15 the Lord told in in verse 6 he told Israel that he was going to bless them so much he said and you shall lend unto many nations and you shall not borrow now when he said that he wasn't giving them a thou shalt not you know thou shalt not murder for example thou shalt not borrow that's not what he's saying he said I'm going to bless you so much so you don't you're not going to have to borrow you're not going to have to borrow from someone else. In fact, they're going to borrow from you. But how many know that if borrowing is inherently sinful and evil, then God just enabled them to cause someone else to sin. Because there is no lend there is no lending. No. There is no borrowing without lending. And if you're going to bar- if you're going to lend to someone, you're causing them to sin if borrowing is inherently evil right and the scripture over there in Romans 13 is not even talking about money where it says oh man no don't oh no man nothing except to love him yeah and uh, love is simply the, the the debt that you'll never you can you never repay you always owe someone love but that's not really the, the subject there is not borrowing money now having said that borrowing is not evil in and of itself back to this it can be a big problem in a lot of people's lives. Look at Proverbs 27, 22, excuse me, verse 7. It says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Who's the servant? Who's the slave? The person who borrows is a slave to him who, or a servant to him who lends. Okay? And I think we need to avoid this idea that we should uh, that we should just quickly borrow money for everything we have. Stats say that you know over eighty five hundred dollars is the average consumer debt, credit card debt by people in America. Average, and that average is in some of us who have zero. So really people who do, and I, you know, I'm not throwing sticks at you because I know there's, uh, just statistically, I don't know it by word of knowledge, uh, statistically, many of you in here have some pretty serious debt, credit card debt I'm talking about, I'm just talking about a home mortgage or something like that, and uh, uh, that can be a problem, as, as you well know. Another stat said 60% of American households fail to pay their credit card bills in full each month and carry average balances of more than $4,000, 60% of people, okay? Uh, Say, so what do you think about credit cards? Well, I think some, some people should not have credit cards. I think the smartest thing they can do is cut them up and never use them again. 
Okay, you, you make that call whether that's you or not, but don't live in denial. Right? As far as credit cards in general, I like them. Got some on me right now. And say, Pastor, do you use credit cards? I use gold ones, platinum ones, <laughs> ones that give me miles. <laughs> uh, yeah, we use different credit cards. Do we carry a balance on them? No. No. Well, we don't carry balance. Don't pay any interest on them. And I think if you're going to use credit cards, that's the way you need to do it. Use their money. You know, the banks are getting their cut, their percentage from the businesses anyway. But uh, use their money for your convenience so you don't have to carry around a wad of cash if you want to do that. Cash is great too. We do both, actually. And, uh, uh, but to pay an interest rate on things once a month, I don't think that's wise on a credit card situation. On a home, I think, yeah, it can make sense. Maybe on a car. I mean, that's up to you again. I'm not telling you to or not to do it. You analyze your own situation. But, uh, you know, I, I like credit cards. They're convenient sometimes and when we use them. Recently, uh, uh, well, just last week, um, Amy says to me, she says, you know, that card, she says, I don't know if I have one in my wallet, uh, that credit card company, Citibank, uh, they sent us a thing, and they said they want us to use the card because I really hadn't used it in years, this particular one. And, uh, and they want to give us $20 to use the card. <laughs> and, uh, and so I said, good, let's go out to eat. <laughs> and uh, the first 20 of it, it was courtesy of Citibank. Praise God. So I used, I'll use their card until they send me another one. <laughs> Someone else told me after first service they got $50. How rude. <laughs> Must be high roller or something. <laughs> I guess I need to step up my spending. Huh? No. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it, sometimes it makes sense. They're, again, they're not evil in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with them. But a lot of people, they are just totally out of control. They don't realize that if they, if they want to prosper and prosper God's ways, there's sometimes they just can't buy it. It's shiny, it's new, it looks good, it smells good, and leave it in the store. Okay? There is, a, there is a concept. Have the money first, and then buy it. I know, you know, it's that, there's that new iPhone, and it's nice, and it does some cool things, and it's sharp, and, uh, and if you don't have $600, leave it alone. Okay? They'll make a better one in a, in, in a little while. If you save up the money, you can spend cash. But people buy all kinds of things like that, things that are unnecessary, okay, things that's not going to really affect their life big time, and they put it on credit. That makes no sense. That really makes no sense. If it's convenience, flip out the card and you got the money in the bank to pay for it, go for it. Use, use it in that way. But so many times people are way underwater in their lives, and they're, they're, they're living as a servant. We're supposed to serve God. I'm his servant. I'm living for him. I can't have so much debt in my life that it's unmanageable and it's a weight on me every day and the bills are stacking up and I'm continuing to go out and spend. Huh? If there, can I tell you, just, this is just wisdom. I'll just give it to you for free. If you have credit card bills that you're paying on each month, I mean, you're making a payment on them, a minimum payment or something like that, do not use your credit card again until those are paid off. And if you can't control it, you can give them to me. <laughs> and I'll cut them up for you. 
Really. Because we, seriously, we need to be honest with ourselves about where we're at. Are you in control of your own life, your own emotions, your own physical body, what you eat, what you, what, what you do? Are you in, in charge? Or are you dominated by internal impulses? For cheesecake. <laughs> or for new gadgets. <laughs> or for shiny new car. Or something that, you know, you don't have the money to pay for or you know, or the exercise routine to rid yourself of, <laughs> uh, but you're going to just do it anyway. On impulse, I'm just going to act. I'm just going to make these things happen. Heard a saying one time that if your outgo exceeds your income, your upkeep will uh, be your downfall. And uh, we got we got to really uh, understand this about not spending money that we don't have. How many know that oftentimes means this, that you don't get it today? If you spend cash, you spend money that you have, you oftentimes do not get it today. And that's hard on the flesh because it looks good now. But tomorrow's coming. And again, they're going to upgrade the thing anyway, aren't they? The new, the, new, the new year model is coming out. And by that time, the old one's old already anyway. And you get the new shiny version anyway, the new upgraded version works with your iPod and your iPhone right <laughs> and uh, and so oftentimes it's a better thing anyway but you just have to understand and and be willing to say later instead of now so how are you going to broke go broke got to put these things into practice this week now gamble 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 <laughs> gamble with your money and borrow every borrow 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 every time you get an opportunity man if it's there and you've got plastic do it just go ahead and get it. <laughs> and you will be broke faster than you can shake your head. <laughs> Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for, uh, for your word, for helping us to have understanding and wisdom. Glory to God. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. Thank you for doing what uh, and helping us.